Chapter 8 Movie People Today is the day my guest arrives. Holly, my professional business friend, is arriving in minutes. She is contemplating a change in her living situation in England and seems interested in moving to a warmer climate. I know she is curious how I managed it, but she has told me that she really needs a holiday to rest on the latest round of film markets. While at the airport, waiting for Holly's plane to let out, I watch the locals welcoming their friends and family. They are so passionate, I smile to myself. To display an emotion so fully isn't what I know. Perhaps in love I've shown such feelings, but that isn't what you do at an airport. Here in Italy, passion is everywhere. In the market when appreciating a beautiful cheese, in business when someone disagrees with a co-worker, in making a sumptuous dinner, or meeting a friend on the street. Right now, standing at the airport, I had no idea just how that Italian passion was to factor into my life. It had not yet gobbled me up. At this moment, I'm just meeting Holly for an Italian holiday. It's all very normal. I had met Holly at an event in London regarding a foreign investment in films. She was a broker for a major film company. She and I had so much in common, we became friends. I see Holly come out of the sliding glass doors. She is excited and waves. That's it, she waves. Doesn't run to embrace me and kiss my cheeks. I'm starting to feel self-conscious about the contrast. She is happy and ready to discover what I had got myself into. Finally, the villa will be used for its intended purpose. A relaxing holiday by the sea. As we walk to the car chatting, I still cannot imagine that I could grab her clothes and kiss her cheeks as my fellow Italian neighbours would have done. I help her put the luggage in my car and we drive off. Riding down the E90 along the coast, I wonder if she's taking in the sights at all. She's talking so much, I want to scream out, Help! I need to download on you! She talks about the weather back home versus the weather here being so temperate, about what she has been up to in her job, and then she stops abruptly. Am I talking too much? Yes, I think, but say, no, please tell me how it has been living in this beautiful place. Well, I think, do I talk about the beauty or do I talk about how it has been? These are two very different things. Hey, I say, let's get you settled and I'll take you out tonight. They have Prosecco on tap here, you know. We'll talk all about everything. Great. Before going home, we head to the local market in Bova to buy fun food. We also buy plenty of wine and vodka. That she insists on paying for is a thank you for having her. Holly is a class act. Arriving at the makeshift tunnel, I see Holly's expression change. I quickly say, don't worry, it gets better. As we arrive at the villa, the sight of the ocean on my doorstep cheers up Holly considerably. She heads to the guest room. Perfect, look at this place, she exclaims. She opens the patio door and goes out. Look at that view. Okay, this'll be nice. She is refocusing me to the actual beauty. I have been thinking about the inconveniences too much. She opens the door to the roof terrace. She stands at the railing like she is perched on the bow of a ship. I join her. Marvellous, she says. I look out. Yes, it is. We sit on the new furniture and she puts up her feet. My cell phone lights up. I see that it's Glenda. I can't believe that she was watching us as we came up the driveway and then called me when she sees us on the terrace. She will know if I ignore her call. Holly says, oh, get it. That's okay. I'll just sit here and watch the tide roll in. That's how we all feel when coming from the cool British weather. 
the sun soaks into our skin like a tonic. I answer the phone. Glenda says, We want to have a welcome party for your friend. How about tomorrow night? I think about it, but no, I wanted to show Holly around. We have a day trip to Trapea tomorrow. Maybe in the evening? You're going to Trapea for one day? Glenda thinks I'm crazy. Two and a half hours of driving each way through the mountains? Yes, I say, annoyed at her second-guessing my every move. Glenda says, All right, do you think you can get to my place at around eight? After hanging up, I told her that I would check with Holly, who sat with her eyes closed listening to the ocean. I decided to let her enjoy the moment. No sooner had I poured two glasses of wine, but my phone started playing a sexy stripper pole dancing song. It was Roxy Foreman. Holly laughs. Oh, you have to answer that one. So I did. Katie, it's Roxy. You must let us have a welcome party for your friend. Her name again? I say Holly. Hmm, Holly says questioningly. I wave her off for a sec. Roxy continues. Oh yes, Holly, can you meet us at the Pompeii Cafe tomorrow night? I say, us? She says, yes, I have a small group from the Oasis and plenty of locals coming. I told them that you have a film financier coming. She drew those words out like she was announcing the winner of the next Oscar. And the Oscar goes to Roxy as the hostess with the mostess for this party anyway. Then I say, we have an invite from Glenda for tomorrow to go to her house. Perhaps we can get our plans together. Roxy is quiet for a minute. Well, I, we, I mean, we talked about this. I thought I was supposed to arrange this. I booked the Pompeii Cafe special table. We planned a Hollywood theme. Then I go on. Oh, that's nice of you. We are going to Trapea in the day tomorrow. And when we come back, she interrupts saying, going to Trapea in one day? Why is this so preposterous to these ladies? We'll be available at 8pm for whatever party you all plan, I say. She says, great. See you there. I hand Holly a drink. I'm taking you somewhere very special tomorrow. Trapea, and then we've been invited to a welcome party with some locals and neighbours. They'd like to meet you. They want to meet movie people. She chuckles and we sip our wine by the sea. Movie people, she said. Is that what we are? The next day, we're up by 9am. Holly has looked up to pay on her phone and is ready to enjoy the white sands that stretch below an ancient monastery built on a snow-white promontory overlooking the azure seas. We have beach bags, beach chairs and a lunch basket packed in the trunk. We arrive around 1pm, grab our chairs and with much carrying and walking through the white sands, sweating and exhausted, we collapse in our chairs. Ah, <sighs> the waves rolling in, sparkling seas surrounding us, Delicacies were laid before us. Delicious cheese, prosciutto, local olives and sweet fresh figs. I realise that this is how Italy is supposed to be. We have a good chat about Holly's dog and the sales of my latest documentary when I realise that we missed the hours of the local museum that Holly wanted to see. Tropea boasts being founded by Hercules. Holly wanted to know more about that so we packed up and went to explore the back streets. Feeling the stress of time, I regret that I had to drag Holly away from a plaque or two, trying to reserve enough time to drive back to be there for the party or parties being thrown in her honour. We head home, setting the Google Maps app for home. As we wind down the country road and when the sun sets, 
I realise that I can only see what appears in the headlights. We pass semi-abandoned Calabrian mountain towns that have now taken on an apocalyptic feel. Holly mentions that she feels like she's in a zombie movie, and I agree. What do we do if one of us needs a pit stop? Then the map app on the phone stops working. I try to stay straight on the road, but it was near impossible. On the narrow roads, twisting and turning as we climb up to the heavens. I was aware of stone cliff faces to one side and steep drops on the other. I see stones tumbling off the cliff walls and appearing in the headlights in front of us. My breath quickens. I try to remember what I had seen on the map before it went out, but then nothing is familiar and I can't tell where we are. Movie people, I think. I wish I were a teamster now. I would at least have a map in the trunk instead of a couple of Ralph Lauren beach towels. Then we both gasp. In the headlights on the side of the road are three men. They stare as we pass. Holly exclaims, were they real? I say, real zombies, you mean? We laugh nervously. I see a grimly lit store in the next town. Braving a possible zombie attack, I go in. In broken Italian, I say, uh, dove bova? The storekeeper is amused. Here is this blonde appearing in his store from the darkness. Ah, signora. And then he proceeds to rapid-fire Italian at me. I fish through the syllables. Nothing registers, except over there. I see a map. I buy it. Grazie, I say. Once in the car, Holly and I open the map. It looks like we're deep in the mountains, off the main road, by three or four kilometres. I see the time, 7pm, one hour to the Hollywood welcome at the Pompeii Cafe, and who knows if Glenda and Roxy have compared notes. We're off, having to hunt and peck through the mountains, heading down dead-end roads with fallen trees lying across. I contemplate if nature has conspired against us as I turn on a hairpin road and find it completely covered in pine cones. We crunch slowly through the crunching pine cones, desperate to stay on the actual road surface. Then all of a sudden, the map app starts working on Holly's phone. We shriek, hooray! Now I understand Italian passion. I've never been so grateful to hear that robotic voice that led us home that night. We arrive in Glenda's house at 10pm. We have not prepared for the party, but simply roll up to her condo in our beach togs. I knock on the door in the hopes that we'll be greeted with some stiff drinks. She has had some stiff drinks herself. We apologise profusely. Glenda is elated that we have finally arrived. I notice that the cheese plate has been out for some time. Chips and nuts are well tucked into. I'm so hungry. I offer them to Holly and we clear out the bottom of the bowls. Glenda offers us some wine. I ask, have you any vodka? My nerves are a wreck. The drive was a nightmare. Tropea is better as an overnight trip. I don't know what you are thinking going for a day. Glenda's expression was that of a school teacher scolding her student. Drink up, Holly. Glenda is alone in her condo. Holly is perplexed and exhausted. She leans close and whispers, Are we supposed to be at a party? Glenda starts to confess to Holly like she was a priest in a confessional during Lent. This was my idea. A party is what I do best. You can go to the restaurant. You can leave me here. Roxy might be there. I suppose that's where everyone went. I have sunk my life savings into this place. I was ready to retire early here. 
and enjoy life and really wanted to help others enjoy their lives here too. And finally, there's the gratitude. She then leaned on the fluffy leopard pattern pillow and fell asleep. Mm. I had plugged in my phone and once it charged, I saw some missed calls from Roxy. In a low voice so as not to awaken Glinda, I say, I guess we should have gone straight to the restaurant. I'm tired, Holly says. Just then a text came in. It was Roxy. Hi, guys. Hope all is okay. We're heading out now. Sorry not to see you. You missed a great party.